Welcome to the first half of the Binge Cast on the Binge Media Podcast Network. All of our listeners receive the first half of the Binge Cast for free, while premium members receive the full binge. Available exclusively at patreon.com slash binge media. For only $5 a month, premium members get early access to the full binge. Vote on monthly commentaries, tournaments, games, and access to the Binge Media Discord server. Join us today at patreon.com slash binge media for only $5 a month. Well, here, here's your opportunity. And now, the Binge Cast. Welcome, everybody, to the BingeCast on BingeMedia.net. I am Alex and Sarah, and I'm here with my buddy, Jack Valley. Slow on the draw there, buddy. I know, I know. How <laughs> we doing? How we doing? You want, me to doing tight- you want me to tighten that up and post or what? <sighs> Whatever, dude. Take- Let's just roll. Let's fucking roll. Let's do it. You want to take out that half beat? I can do that, dog. I got you. <laughs> that means I have to cut, uh, this all, cut all this bullshit out. We're not doing that. Ah, goddamn button wouldn't press the right shit. God damn it. God damn it. How you been, man? It's been a while since you've been on the bench cast. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know, enjoying the show. Um, liking the changes thus far. Uh, I don't know. Feels like, uh, feels like some freshness in here. As uh, you're well aware, we've been having talks uh, on the side with, uh, with a certain Chad C. about a revival of a series. So, uh, yes. You know, we got that to look forward to. I think that's going to be interesting, something a little different than we used to do. And uh, yeah, yeah, things are good, man. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. Just getting over a little cold. Got a haven't. Okay, so I had a fucking root canal thing on my tooth. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, so on amoxicillin. So no, no drinky, drinky for me. So I'm a little. Gotcha. I'm like, I got the shakes. I I get withdrawals. If I'm not drinking on a binge cast, and that's it's kind of a new feeling for me. So, uh, so I will say this: um, since our last uh, podcast, the Shining commentary, yes, I have been on a hunt for Farticus. I cannot find it. Okay, <laughs> I don't know where this thing was, where it went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a legal situation where. It's been stricken from the record of the internet, and you know, mm-hmm. some cousin of Jeffrey Epstein was able to make that happen. I don't know. I don't know how the elites operate, but uh, Farticus is is nowhere to be found. Uh, if anyone has any lead on this, please send it our way. 
Seriously. I mean, it, it's almost like a movie that doesn't want to be found at this point. And just when I thought we heard the last of Epstein, then one of his fucking progeny takes Farticus, a movie that we've been dying to see for all of two weeks, off the internet. And now fair. we can't fucking find it. It's not fair. It's just not. But, oh well. So, no. other than that, things are good, though. <laughs> the Shining commentary, we did that in November. That was a you call it for the listeners. If you are a... Mm-hmm. Patron of our Patreon, patreon.com slash binge media, five bucks a month. Uh, every other, well, I mean, since we're doing 14, 14? No, 12. It's called the 12 comes of binge list. Since we're doing 12 <laughs> commentaries in December, we're not going to do a you call it. That's, I feel like that's more than enough commentaries for a month. So starting, you know, we're going to pick it back up in January where we'll put out four or five movies that came out that month and uh, in the past. And leave it up to the patrons to vote on which commentary we should do for that month. So, and The Shining mm-hmm. was ours for November. Yeah. In which yeah, we found sure. out that, how did that come up, by the way, Farticus? Was, uh, Scatman Crothers in that or something? No. I think it was, uh, no. It was, it was, uh, it was either him or the guy from Rocky. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, when Scatman Crothers is traveling for 15 minutes in the movie, he goes to a gas station and the dude behind the counter's there. And I'm like, hey, isn't that guy in Rocky? And I think we figured out he was. That's I think right, yeah. that dude was maybe in Farticus. Okay, okay. You know, I get I get the principal actors and the details yeah. of Farticus confused. And uh, <laughs> just basically because we haven't seen the movie yet. And I'm just waiting for the day that it surfaces. Because... Listen... You get a you get a you men- movie title named Farticus, like we're on the hunt for it. Like you mentioned you were under the weather yesterday. It just reminded me that I don't know what it means to get a case of the walking farts, but I, I kinda do. I just need to see that on film to confirm. Oh my god, I fucking need to see that. I need to see it. Everybody go to IMDB and just search Farticus. Come right up and just read that description. It's fantastic. Yeah. Can't let it defeat us. It's gotta be out there. Uh-uh. Fuck. I, do you think at any point there's a character that screams "I am Farticus"? Because I hope so. And I hope they have <laughs> Lloyd Bridges. I hope it's there. not. I hope it's a scene where there's like sixty people in in wheelchairs at the the old folks' home, and not only are they say, they're not just saying "I am Farticus," yeah. but they're also actually farting at the same time. <laughs> so it's just a cacophony of solidarity in in the walking farts, and then. When a person screams, I am Farticus, it becomes a legitimate argument of like, no, I'm Farticus. Right. And it right. just starts a, starts a whole wheelchair fucking riot. Yeah. It, they get the their the can- shit writes itself, man. They get their canes. They're like, you know, jousting with it. They got wheels. It's nice. I can't wait to fucking uh, see this thing. I can't wait, dude. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> no, we did mention our Patreon, Jack. We are doing the 12 comms of Benjamin. We just released that list the other day. We're doing 12 commentaries starting December 14th. The first three are going to be on the free feed. And for five bucks a month on Patreon, you can get the rest. The rest are going to be released exclusively on Patreon. Excellent. Yeah. yeah we, me and Pete and Law have been having, a, having an old blasty blast recording mm-hmm. these. It's fucking fantastic. It's a good list. Solid list. Covers a lot of ground. So. We just recorded Die Hard 2 the other day, and I've long been a hater of that movie. 
And not so much a hater. It's just I, I realized after watching it that I just held on to Die Hard too much. And I wasn't willing to to move on with my life and really taking the sequels as, you know, especially the second one, because I, I've i always liked the third one better than the second one. <clears throat> but uh, I was I was surprised. I was surprised by Die Hard 2. Okay. Okay. So that's a little tease. Good to know. Good to know. I'm mm-hmm. excited. I'm teased. Consider me teased. You are. You're teased. There you go. <laughs> oh, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Five bucks a month. When I go back to uh, tighten up your intro there, I'll tighten this up too. Don't worry about it, buddy. I got us. Uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Five bucks a month on Patreon, everybody. Patreon.com slash binge media. Today we're going to be reviewing the peripheral. Now, I forgot to to check what streaming platform this is on or what network this is on. I think this is Amazon. Is it? Okay. Um, We're going to be reviewing Prime Video. Okay. Amazon Prime Video, and we're going to be reviewing Violent Night. Both you and I went out to theater, caught this little ditty, and we're going to be reviewing both of those today. How about we get to uh, some googs, buddy? Let's fucking do it. Let's go. Come on. I'm going to tighten this up. Now we got it. Now we got with the spaces. (laughs) Now it's time to cut a goog. A fucking goog. Call up those drunk ass dudes. Peace. We piss all over his feet. Jack attack. Tuesdays on Patreon. Good. Fucking good. Everybody could have fucking good. 708-406-9546. That is the Google Voice mail number you can call. We'll play it. We'll answer it. Jack. I was thinking about it it's because I just randomly hit a button to play that yep. uh, sounder. Yep. And it reminded me that earlier today, I was like, I fucking, I loved fucking Jack Attack 365. But I understand yeah. what an undertaking that is. That's a huge undertaking. Now, you took this year mm-hmm. off. Are you coming back mm-hmm. for another one? Do you have any ideas for a special Jack Attack Tuesday show? I'm going to put you on the spot here, buddy. All right, so it's funny you put me on the spot because I was actually thinking about this earlier today myself. So something must be in the fucking water, okay? But, uh, yeah, I, I'm i never going to be able to do 365 movies again. Yeah. But I did really love the routine. Even, like, I don't know, you know, I, a bunch of people reached out to me throughout the year. But, like, I don't know how many people stuck it out for all the episodes of that, right, to follow the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, there's something very, like, I think, I don't know if therapeutic's the right word, but uh, just having a routine of, like, okay, I got to watch this movie, and then I have to commit to, like, formulating some thoughts about it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I, I have to think about it. I have to place myself within that movie and or, or, or whatever that movie was for the day. And, and it's like, you know... There were some that I was very open and honest about. I said, look, I couldn't finish this, so I'm not reviewing it. But, like, I, you know, uh, fucking Takashi Miike's first Dead or Alive movie was just, I, I couldn't get through it. But but yeah, yeah. even the fact that I was, like, forced to try and then if I couldn't get through it, at least, like, understand that where my headspace was at, you know, all that stuff. There was mm. something really cool about doing it. So I don't have anything planned right this second. But 
I am interested in maybe finding something similar, we'll say. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't know exactly what that would be right now. So, Well, while watching one of our movies that we're going to be talking about in the full binge, I was thinking about a movie that I wanted to watch, and then I remember you reviewing that movie, and that movie yeah. is Putney Swope. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. We're going to be reviewing the senior documentary uh, on the other side, on the full bench. But, um, and then it got me thinking about, because I remember you reviewed that during that bit, the, the 365 bit. I remember you reviewing that, and then it got me thinking, like, okay, yeah, it would be great to have something, some version of that back. Now, I understand 365 is a huge undertaking, but um, yeah. I can see it kind of being therapeutic, though, because we all have those movies, you know, kind of like we had our show, The Docket, but we all have those movies we just haven't gotten to for one reason or another. And that mm -hmm. show, your 365 show, was a good excuse for you to, like, tackle so much shit off your docket. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing about it was at the end, you know, when we did our wrap-up show, I, I I said as much. But uh, it did also make me realize, though, that my list of movies that I'm going to want to see is just never going to get smaller. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that I put a 365 film dent into that list. It, it, it just made me want to watch more stuff. Um, yeah. Cause it just so, turns you on to other things that maybe were influenced by that, right. that you haven't watched or whatever. Right. Like, like I was looking at the list and there were two directors that I really wanted to just cross off all their movies throughout the year. Mm -hmm. One of them was David Cronenberg and the other was, um, Alejandro Jodorowsky, that crazy bastard that was yep. going to do June a few years mm -hmm. back. And I did end up watching at least one of each of their movies, but but I, I think early in the year I said, yeah, I want to finish their their filmographies. I didn't I didn't even touch another one of their movies after that, <laughs> like really, because you just you go in so many other directions. I think maybe I came back to another Cronenberg one, um, or maybe maybe two other Cronenberg movies, but I, I couldn't really keep up because it became more a I don't know a game of like finding. Uh, certain movies that had like a runtime that I could afford that day or something, you know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of became a different, uh, different beast. But. Absolutely. All right. All right. Maybe we'll talk off air, figure some things out for next year. Yeah, I, I, actually, I think I got an idea. Maybe we'll talk about it. Man. All right, fine. We won't fucking talk off air. Okay. This next, uh, oh, this fuck. first Google voicemail person is an unknown cola. Oh boy. Hello there, chaps. I it's Nate Peterson, uh, one of your listeners. I hope you're doing well. I thought I'd just do a little accent there for you, a little regional accent from the UK. I hope you enjoyed that. No. Um, I did. So, oh. uh, I'm watching, oh, that's not really the season for it. I'm watching um, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Uh, I've never seen the whole franchise. There's lots of films in the franchise I've not seen. I'm trying to you know, go through them. So I've got to this one. And I, I knew this going in, but... Um, it's obviously not focused on Michael Myers or that whole storyline. And it got me thinking, oh. is this the first example of a sequel in a franchise that disregards the ongoing story? No. I'm trying to think of other examples. The only one that, that, that's, you know, uh, popping up in my mind is the most recent Paranormal Activity, which had nothing to do with the previous... Oh, spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, with the, uh, the, the Toby storyline from the original films. Um, Toby? Toby Wong? Toby Chong? 
Fucking Charlie Chan. And I'm sure there's other examples. But yeah, this this just goes off on a completely different tangent. And I just, as I said, is this the first example of that? I'm sure there are other franchises that do something similar. Um, but yeah, can you think of any others or any certainly any earlier ones than this? Um, I don't have an answer. I didn't do the research. I'm asking you to do the research. No. You don't give us homework. That's not how this works. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, I have a computer at my fingertips. How, but how about you do the research? That's, that's not how this Google Voice section works. Can you think of anything off the top of your head? I, I mean, earlier than that? Not No. Um, like, I actually... May, maybe, maybe you saw something similar, but I, I thought I came across a... Um, Oh fuck! An article of uh, oh god damn it! I hit a pothole. Nate, uh, what was he talking about? The sequels with yeah, sequels were the the main character doesn't, doesn't have return. anything to do um, with the rest of the franchise, right? Yeah, right. Um, somebody had brought up that uh, they were making the comparison of like season of the witch is a movie where arguably like your main character isn't in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, they were comparing it to Wakanda Forever and other mm-hmm. sequels like that that were. You know where where your main character is is gone from the next film, but hmm. um, yeah, going back earlier, the only thing that's coming to mind, and it's not even really an actual shared universe or anything. I think it's more marketing than anything else. But the old Universal monster movies, you know, the first few, um, yeah, yep, sure. If that was a a franchise, it's not like you know you don't see Dracula in the first Frankenstein movie, even though one came after the other. I think my timeline's right there, but. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to crunch some numbers there. Get back to you, <sighs> Nate. You know we don't do research. We don't do any pre-show research. Definitely not going to do any post-show research. And during <sighs> the show research, it just drags the momentum down. It's not going to happen. It just it's not going to happen. So, are there examples? Sure. Are we going <laughs> to list them out for you? No. Do that. Is there one that was earlier than Halloween season of the witch? Probably, maybe not. Go fuck yourself. See? There you go. Thanks, Nate. Piss off, ghost! He's freaking gone. Oh, God. Uh, ready. All right, Nate. Um, thank you for calling. 708-406-9546. We got a few more voicemails to answer. And we'll do that on the other side. We'll do that during the full bench. And nice. in order to listen to that, you got to subscribe to Patreon. Patreon.com slash binge media. Five bucks a month. That's it. All right. Let's get to some teams. And I need to pick your brain about this TV show because I'm not sure I know what's going on. Okay. Fucking now. I love playing this one because it, it just makes Law angry. Well, maybe they're in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck I just want to punch him right in the face. Happy birthday, Ammon. Ammon's birthday was a few days ago. Hey, happy, happy birthday, Ammon, you fucking cocksucker. 
Okay, the peripheral on Amazon Prime. This is a little sci-fi show that seems, you know, on paper, right up both of our alley. I think. Uh yeah, yeah. It's got some uh, got some things there. Chloe Grace Moretz. Who else is in this? That other guy. Couldn't figure out what that other guy was from. Um, Jack Rayner. He was the boyfriend in Midsommar. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say something else. Pretty. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was the um, uh, the brother in Sing Street. The older brother. Um, yes. That's that or not, yeah. But, there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I fucking. I. I actually. I really like this guy. Like, yeah, I, I love that. Awesome. Uh, I love that character uh, in Sing mm-hmm. Street. Like, just the fucking. Ah, we could talk about Sing Street all night, but oh, uh, yeah, I, I actually I like that actor quite a bit. I think he's been pretty good. Pretty he's good great so in that. Far. He's great in this. Uh, also, Chris Coy. I don't know if you recognize that guy. He was only in a little bit of the first episode, and maybe a little bit of the second episode. I'm I'm gonna guess he probably has a bigger part to play. He was mm. in the Deuce. He was in uh, Treme. And he was also in Banshee, too. He was like a crazy like evangelist guy in Banshee. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm remembering that correctly. Okay, uh, what is the, uh, what's the plot here? Set in the future when technology has subtly altered society, a woman discovers a secret connection to an alternate reality, as well as dark future of her own. Okay, now... <clears throat> Uh, video games kind of at the forefront of this. I don't know why they kind of buried the lead there. Um, I'm not sure why they just didn't say, Hey, <laughs> these people are in like this, uh, video game world mm-hmm. VR kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Now, Chloe Grace Moretz, her, her mom is sick and dying of cancer. She's blind. Her brother is a, appears to be an army vet. Or some kind of a special forces vet, and he's got his issues, and he basically what he plays a lot of VR for cash. Yeah, is that right? And they're playing some yeah. kind of, um, you know, Call of Duty type of online multiplayer game. See yeah, that? some. T- yeah, yeah. Some sort of like uh, MMO shoot. Maybe first. I don't know. It's kind of unclear if it's like. A first-person shooter, third-person, whatever. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Some sort of war game. He eventually gets in contact by somebody who wants to pay him a lot of money for a specific... Well, he, they get some kind of, like, fabricated... I don't, I don't know what to call it. Is it a headset? Does it seem like that? But it, it almost seems um, like it's a little biotechnical, too. Yeah, um, so correct me if I'm wrong. There are two different versions, though. The first one that that they sit down with mm-hmm. is, like, just the game, right, mm-hmm. with the goggles. Right. So the goggles put you in the game. Yep. The second device is, like, yeah, what I imagine the fucking Elon Musk Neuralink thing. The Neuralink, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, sort of a, a visor-shaped uh, hat of some kind that's very wiry, like, uh, I don't know, headsets. The truckers use are like uh, you know mission command at NASA and mm-hmm. space movies and shit mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah, and it looks like it, it connects or like hovers around like your temples. Um, mm-hmm. 
don't know. Interesting, interesting design. But he has he has some kind of implant, though. Is that right? Because it looks like there so, was some kind of like military implant where he so he has a bunch of army buddies also right. who have some kind of they have some kind of linking capability between all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many episodes of this did you get in, by the way? I got one episode. In. I got one episode. OK. Yeah. OK. So what I'm talking about, I think, is in the second episode. Um, OK. I don't remember how the first, I think the first one ends on a, the first episode ends on a cliffhanger, which I was like, I got to fucking watch the second one now. Uh, it does. It all, also, the other things that, uh, or, or in regards to the brother, the, the weird shit, um, like he has that implant and th- there's also a moment where like, I was kind of unclear exactly what he was doing, but it, he had a shirt off and he like flexed and you could see his, uh, like, I don't know if there were his veins or what looked like a, like almost like a machine or cyborg implant plant into his back of some kind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know that there's been a ton made of that yet. Uh, mm-hmm. in the first episode, it's just kind of there. Yeah. And I don't think there's much explanation in that second episode either. It just kind of, okay. it, it goes another layer because what winds up happening is Moretz's Chloe's character. Um, she's better than her brother basically. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows it. So he, he gets this contract to take this new fabricated technology, uh, and kind of see whatever the mission is. I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but, uh, he has a sister do it. He has Chloe do it because she's a better gamer, this, this, and that. And she says, like, this is so much different than the VR that they are used to because she can mm-hmm. feel things. It's not just you're immersed in the video game, but you can actually feel, you could run, you can you yeah. can do anything in a video game that you know you can't do, basically. Um so she's the one that kind of you know t- takes the takes the lead going into this other world. But when she does, she finds out, and there's a little bit of the second episode, that uh there's there's a bigger story, a bigger mission at play, and the way they get her in is they just dump a bunch of money into her and her brother's account for her, her, her mom. There's like some kind of cure or whatever to mm-hmm. cure her cancer. And that's kind of how I left it after the second episode. How, how'd you feel after the first episode getting that, that first? Movie? Um, so some interesting things. Um, first off the, you know, there have been a bunch of, of futuristic type series in the past few years that have all had a very um, similar aesthetic and vibe. Um, I know that this show shares, I think, maybe a writer and a producer with Westworld. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really tough for me to not immediately think of Westworld while watching this show. Um, it has a similar color tone. Uh some of the shots and some of the technology looks very similar to the androids in, in Westworld mm-hmm. to me. Um, there was also that show Raised by Wolves, which I watched a couple episodes of, but some of the design of the robots in that um, and how they're dressed kind of mm-hmm. looked like it would fit in this world, especially like um, the moment where Chloe is in the game as jack rayner and he goes to the mansion and those two butler robots 
show up. Yep. Um, I, I I don't know. It, it's it's got a very similar look to like a lot of recent sci-fi stuff. So that that turned me off a little bit right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I then I think it took me this whole episode to realize, but I think I realized I don't like Chloe Grace Moretz as, as an actress. <laughs> Uh, this, really? this was this this episode. Uh, it, it it completely yeah solidified my uh, opinion there. Um, but you just want to stay said, hit girl forever or what? No, I just I I don't want her to be in any movies. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I don't care if it's uh, kick ass or, or 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 anything. I just I just don't want her to. I don't want to see movies that she's in. <laughs> That's that's what it comes down to. But. I don't mind her. I don't mind her too much. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. You're gonna. There, there you, isn't you anything that like I, I've seen of hers that I was like, oh, she fucking sucks. Then again, I, maybe I haven't I, watched enough of her stuff. I don't know. She was great in the Equalizer. How about that? I mean, I don't think I've watched a lot of Chloe Grace Moretz movies or shows, but there's just something. It, it, it's like the Anne Hathaway thing for me, like. All I see is a person that's trying really hard to act that that like might not have real emotions of their own. Hmm. I can't really describe it any other way. I wonder if it's just but, being like a kid actor. You know what I mean? You're just so used be. to like, and you can't, you don't develop your own personality off screen or whatever. You're just constantly yeah. on. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but uh, yeah. So that that that's a that's a a, a, a negative for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like you're not continuing. But, but yep. I do like the design of the, um, again, I'm, I'm not sure if the robots are just like AI or, or something. Mm. Um, I think that's a cool look. I like the, the one that is driving their car later on. I think that's a cool sequence. And, you know, it, it's kind of the same thing. Um, George Lucas was able to, to, figure out that if you had armies of droids in Mm. the prequel movies, Mm -hmm. you could show lightsabers chopping through hundreds of them and, you know, you'll, you won't get any static from the sensors. Um, I feel like it's similar in this show where you have those like AI Android characters and that fight scene, like the way that he ends up stabbing the thing in the face and his face starts breaking apart. That's like, you could do a lot of cool, uh, I don't know, action scenes around, dealing with the composition of those uh, characters, you know? I dug um, that fight scene, man. That was a fucking great fight scene. I, I like any fight scene that is in, like, close confines, like a, like the inside of a car. Yeah, yeah. And, and seems like it would actually happen in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it has a chance at, like, oh, okay, you know, kind of scrap with this thing. Blah, 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 blah. And that whole setup was very video game-ish, too. Yeah, so, okay, so that brings up another thing that bugged me, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this is another trope, I feel like, in a lot of stuff, but I hate when somebody's making a TV show or a movie, mm-hmm. and they have to show scenes in a video game, and they oh. just clearly have never been in a video game, yes. or understand, like, what to do to make it look reasonable. And it's just, it's always stupid. I hate how it's shot in this, at that, that first scene where she goes in. I don't like it um, either. There, there. When you try to make it look like a video game, it looks like shit. Like, Absolutely. Put some kind of like HUD on there. Put some kind of, I don't know, filter on it. But that, if that, that might be the wrong filter. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
puts put something on there where like maybe the maybe the screen um I don't know, like has snow on it or something. Just yeah. so we know we're in a different place, but doing that thing where you have it's almost like uh what was that um was it waking oh fucking the link later. Yeah, uh link ladder w- uh, waking, waking life and scanner waking, darkly. Yeah, yeah, scanner darkly. Yeah, like that kind of shit. Ugh. It's just you're totally right, and I I hated it right from the right from the right from jump, and it seems like to your point, it seems like it's people that don't have, don't know video games, haven't played them, yeah. don't know what they look like anymore, and they're just like guessing. I think that's the way video games look. Yeah, and it's just you know, as somebody who's a gamer, um, it's it's tough to not see. You know, I. I I immediately thought, I'm like, you know what? This isn't going to bother everybody, but I I don't know if I can get past it. So, you know, no, another negative. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say this. I watched this episode a couple days ago when we decided we were going to do it. Mm-hmm. I have had no desire to whip up episode two. So <laughs> I, I don't – I think this one might just be – there's some good ideas, but man, it seems like a lot of work to keep up with what's going on here. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure I got the gumption for it right now, sir. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh yeah, I, I, I think going back. Sorry, go real quick. Just going back to uh, the Westworld thing. Lisa Joy, yeah. Jonathan Nolan, yeah, executive producers. They, uh, yeah, definitely producers on Westworld. I just wanted to underline that. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I, I I reviewed Westworld for a little while on the shows. Um, you know, season one, it's a very famous example of everybody on the internet figured out what was going on in season one, like mm-hmm. eight episodes from the finale. So yeah, 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 that was a that was a weird season of television. Season two was just a. It, it's funny because there were two episodes that I remember in that season. That were probably stronger than anything in season one. Just the standalone stories, they were phenomenal. But the rest of the season, like they were, they didn't have anything to do with the overall plot. The mm-hmm. overall actual plot of season two was just this really stupid twist that it was so clear that the writers just were like, "Oh, we can't have the internet guessing what we're doing this time." Yeah, that so they, can, that that turned me off of this yeah. world. I never wound up finishing yeah. that either. Because of that. Yeah, I I won't go back to it. I'm I'm all set. Like it looks like they pretty much changed the show completely in seasons three and four. But mm-hmm. uh, I have such little confidence in that team that it's I I just don't know if I want to go on this ride. And then yeah, yeah, you might be well off not continuing because now that I think about it, in the second episode, you can tell that there's going to be more interplay between that world and the real world yeah. because. The, there's some nefarious characters in the alternate world that are able to contact nefarious characters in the real world to go after our main characters. So, which is what like Westworld you, wound up doing, right? In like season two. I yeah yeah started bringing people in. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so this kind of relates to how I'm feeling about this show. So. I think that the first episode, you know, we've talked in the past about when uh, properties do world building correctly, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, GOT does it. Uh, I think that Star Wars has has 
done a, a pretty good job for the most part of doing that in recent years. Um, a few other properties, but th- there's, there's something about this show that you could tell that they're, they're, they're planting a lot of seeds for a lot of different things. But I think the thing that bugs me is that I've seen a lot of, again, these sci-fi shows. Um, I'm thinking foundation from like yep. a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that other one, um, they're, they're all approaching a series as they're drawing the stories out too much, I think. And they're using world building as a crutch to be able to pad an episode, uh, number for a season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So when you get to like the core of whatever the story is inside this, this fantasy or science fiction thing, there's so much clutter with the world building stuff that I feel like I, I I've seen this happen in too many shows. And I, I kind of don't want to, I don't want to get in the weeds on this one. Cause I'm not confident that they're going to, they're going to do anything interesting with it, you know? And not only that, where you're dealing with both of the worlds mm. and the world building in, in both of them and this, you're also dealing with timelines. And now, okay. as we know from back to the future, fucking, it's a paradox, you know, like it it wind up, it always exists. So you're constantly going to be questioning where we are, where they're going, what their choices Mm -hmm. are and the logic that they, they bring to the table uh, to set up both of these worlds. So it's like you're shooting yourself in the foot. I don't get me wrong. Like I love time travel movies, but you really got to fucking nail it down and, and like, Know what the know what the hell you're doing, and give your audience the confidence that you know what the fuck you're doing. And I just want the how to how to describe this. Like part of the problem with a lot of time travel plots too is like the crux of whatever has to be done for the plot is like based directly off of the parameters of the time travel rules. So if you have a show that deals with that for an extended period of time, I feel like it's so much harder to just carry that facade going than it would be for like an hour and a half movie. And you know what I'm saying? And they're constantly going to be talking about the whole logic between of time travel, which is like, why are you guys fucking figuring this out on the screen? You should have this already locked down by now. Correct. So I don't know. I, I I think this is a one and done for me. Um, I'm gonna stick with. I that. can I can understand people who are down with uh, continuing, uh, but I'm tapping out. What's that? Tickle and tickles and shit. All right, I'm gonna keep with it though. I'm gonna keep with it. I'll report back. I'll let you know how shitty it becomes. It's uh, okay. only eight episodes. I can do eight. Yeah. They're all out right now. So I'll Belgium. No problem. I, yeah. Last thing I'll say, mm. uh, watching this episode, I was checking my phone a lot, dude. So Were you? I was, I was <laughs> checking my phone a lot watching this episode. So I, that wasn't a good uh, sign either. So. I Look, I'm always going to do that. I won't do it in a theater, but I'm always going to have my phone in my hand. It's just, just the way it is. It's a part of you, man. It is. Absolutely is. Okay. That's the peripheral, and I'm going to be sticking with it, despite Chloe Grace, Grace Barrett's face. And Your acting. dumb face. It shouldn't be in movies. All right, let's see if this changes your mind. 
created by Scott Smith, who wrote A Simple Plan and The Ruins. Uh, nope. All right. Still tapping out? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. good. All right. Okay. Alone on this island here. Siri. <laughs> Enjoy it, man. Get your peripheral no, no, island. That's good. You Look at I'm used to it. I'm used to it on the show. I bring I bring you know, up start a fire. I, I always bring up shows on this on, on this uh binge cast and I'm always a man alone on an island. And I don't I don't mind. I'm used to it. It's good. It's good. I mean, look, if if you no. don't have a problem with dumb Grace Moret's face and I don't. plotting fucking science fiction bullshit that's been in every other science fucking fiction show the last 10 years and you're good with uh white-faced robot people and shit cool man enjoy there was there was the other thing last thing i want to say about it also i'm just gonna start calling it the uh, sing street brother show and see if that maybe oh okay twist your arm (laughs) see now i'm I'm like way more interested (laughs) right away hey did you see the sing street brother show this week all of those all of these type of movies that we're talking about, alternate realities, time travel, different things like that, all still follow the Matrix beats. Yeah. Like go into the other world, fish out of water. Oh, I know Kung Fu, all that shit. Right. Still right. following the same beats fucking 25 years later. That's what, but that's what makes the great ones great though, because. Then you have something like like a time crimes that does something really different, Hell you know. Yeah. I love that movie. And uh, it's a good movie. Thank you. There's another uh, 365 challenge movie. Now that I think about it, I remember. Petridge Farm members. Let's uh, let's uh, do a little. What did you watch this week? And get into Violent Night. Okay. Don't come in. I'll only run and hide. What did you watch this week? What did you watch this week? What did you watch this week? The fuck did you watch this week? Um, Violent Night. Mm. Oh, fun. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe go fuck yourself, eh? Oh. All right. Now, when I saw this trailer, I was like, okay, like David Harbour. He looks good at Santa. Looks like he kicks a ass at Santa. But at the same mm. time, it's like, all right, I, I mean, there was Fat Man. That was great. And then was it yesterday, maybe the day before yesterday, I think I watched it. Maybe it was the Santa Claus I was watching. And they had, like, some commercial about, like, Santa was kicking some ass or something like that. Or, like, nice. he was, like, fighting people. I don't know what it was, but I'm like, we've been building up to this point in time where we're getting out of like the regular Santa flicks. And now we got to go with these alternative Santa flicks where he's just Mm. a fucking badass and he's talking shit and getting drunk and killing people. And Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. I I like this new Santa. I'm for it. Yeah. But at the same time, I love, I loved fat man so much. I was like, this is a little too close to that. And that was just from the trailer. Mm -hmm. So those are my initial impressions of, Violent Night, you know, post-watching the trailer. How about you? Uh, yeah, saw the trailer, man, I think in another movie um, within the last month or two in the theater. So, um, yeah, sitting there watching the trailer. Um, 
you know, I, I, I'm not like a huge David Harbour fan. Um, I saw, I think, the first season of Stranger Things. I tapped the fuck out of that bullshit. Hey, we're, yes, uh, love it. The fuck, fucking, uh, yes! he popped up in something else. Oh, my God, why am I losing it? Um, David Harbour, was he, God damn it, I know he was Hellboy. Um, mm-hmm. In any case, don't have a ton of familiarity with him. He was in Black Widow, that's it, Black yeah. Widow. Um, he's fine. I I like him when I see him, but I'm not like a fan, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not moving the needle for me. This looks like, uh, you know, kind of a sleazy looking fucking Santa movie, which I've seen my share of Santa Slay and Silent Night, Deadly Night Part fucking five. Like, uh, I'm good, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it looks like this one's got some, some, I don't know, a little bit of a budget behind it, we'll say. It looks better than the average shitty R-rated Santa movie. But, um, you know, it, it's it's low on my radar when the trailer pops up. Okay. Um, and then you mentioned we're going to do Violent Night. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll go see it. No problem. And, uh, yeah, went to the theater earlier uh, earlier today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm here to report back with the deets, sir. So. Let's go. When a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. All right. Now I have to read from IMDb's synopsis because I'm not Jim Law. Jim Law could just like give out fucking synopsis's synopsis all day. You know what I'm saying? It's just that degree in it. So he's that kind of that kind of dude. They only give him away in Canada. Do you know that? They only issue him in Canada. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, synopsis all of a sudden, all of a sudden makes sense. So it's fucked up. Dude. It's fucked up <sighs> a little bit. Okay, we got our R-rated, super violent Santa Claus movie. Give me your thoughts. Give me uh, some initial thoughts that you have on uh, the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Other than one of our favorite characters of the past year, Judy Jumpstone showing up. <laughs> well, how can I? How can I not mention her? <laughs> it's fucked up. The I last just, name is Lightstone, and her name is Judy in the movie. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. That was an I afterthought, I think. But um, okay, so so initial thoughts here. So R-rated Santa Claus. I'm immediately thinking of Bad Santa. Bad Santa is a classic. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, you know this this movie starts out with uh, you know Santa having a beer at the bar. And I'm like, all right, is this going to be a fucking drunk Santa thing? Is this another bad Santa rehash? Just mm-hmm. ends up robbing the wrong house kind of thing. Um, and then that becomes a cold open that, you know, tells you definitively. It's like, no, this is this Santa Claus is not like anybody else. This is Santa <laughs> yeah. Claus. Um, and I, uh, I loved that scene. I was laughing very hard when the title came up. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, yeah, from then on, uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the movie that they made because uh, I did not think it was going to be Santa Claus, but it is definitely Santa Claus and not anybody pretending to be him, which I thought was hmm. was pretty funny. Somebody pretending to be him. Interesting. Oh, you know, like a shopping mall Santa or something like that. We're talking yeah, about yeah, the yeah. real, the OG uh, right. well, I guess maybe not the OG. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> think about it. He he might not be the first one, but who, who knows? Um, how did you feel about uh, you know, the whole setup that 
you know, they're at this, it's this wealthy family and mm-hmm. they're basically just getting jacked from the super bad guy, Scrooge. Yeah. So, um, so the situation is what it is in the movie, but you know, I, I think I've talked to you about this before. Whenever um, my buddy and I were writing like little shorts or or outlines for something we wanted to write back in the day, mm-hmm. we would try to figure out like the three movies that are if you smash them together, it would be the movie that we were making. You know, <laughs> nice. yeah. Um, so with this, it's equal parts Home Alone, Die Hard, and Succession, and the whole family dynamic. Sure, reminded me. About you know just the the shittiness of of you know a lot of uh, wealthy people. They could not give less of a fuck about each other, and I love it. Yeah, it's fucking great. I love that uh, Beverly D'Angelo is is the the matriarch of this family too, bringing that Christmas vacation feel back into this. Yeah, um, good decision. Uh, had a you know had a little bit of a, a Knives Out vibe here too. Um, mm-hmm. With the family, not, you know, obviously not as full throttle, cutthroat bullshit as that. But um, I don't know, J- Judy Gemstone. She gets to uh, she gets to basically play herself. <laughs> as yeah. far as I'm concerned, in she this gets movie. to do Judy Gemstone uh, things. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I I I did like the casting all around. Um, it was good to see Beverly D'Angelo and mm-hmm. you know uh, looking like a person. I think the last thing I saw her in, one of her eyes was a little bit droopy, and I thought maybe she was having some health issues. Like it's good to see that's not the case. Um, uh, you know, uh, she plays a David good piece Harp. of shit too. She, a phenomenal piece of shit. Um, <laughs> she plays a really good female Logan Roy. Like you yeah, see Logan in her role, and I'm loving this whole succession uh, parallel that you have. It, it's right there. It's yeah, right there. Um, John Leguizamo. Look, uh, I'm on record. I'm not a big John Leguizamo guy, there but uh, he's pretty fun here, you know, as uh, as Mr. Scrooge. I think it works. I think he's uh, he's hamming it up a little bit. Um, yep. But I'm uh, I'm down. I'm down. It's very. Very, very 80s actiony, you know, in the mm-hmm. setup here. Um, yeah, the influence is definitely you can. They're not shying away from any of the 80s influences at all. I mean, Johnny mm-hmm. Legs, as we call him, he was in. We just saw him in Die Hard too, so you know we got that whole connection there. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, the last piece of casting, the, the whole David Tennant, uh, sorry, David Harbor thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> different movie for David Tennant. Very totally different movie. <laughs> A lot darker, a lot more disturbing. Dies in the first ten um, minutes. Yeah, exactly. From a brusque wind. Um, a brusque wind? <laughs> a brisk wind. Jesus Christ. I'm going to edit that. I'm going to go back and tighten that up. Yeah. Um, so, David Harbour. Um, he's not trying to do, you know, jolly old St. Nick. He's very much doing his take on what this Santa Claus might be. Um, he's playing it, in my opinion, like 20 years younger than we usually see people playing Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is, is a plus. Um, but that being said, I really liked him in this. I, I, the performance worked for me. I thought he was funny. I thought he was the right physique for certain scenes in the movie that we won't you know get into too much, but, yeah, yeah. um, it had a little bit of a John Wick vibe to it at moments. Um, oh, you just lost Pete. 
<laughs> well, not so much the uh, the 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 level of action or, or or that kind of writing, but more just like some of the framing of shots. Um, there's one in particular where where, where you see. Uh, God, I don't want I don't want to spoil that. Um, let's let's just say Santa Claus has to uh, provide a little bit of uh, uh, first aid to himself. Yes. Um, yep. That scene reminded me of like some Russian back alley scene that like you know john wick would be dealing with in the criminal underworld you know like candlelit and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, but i really liked of, him kind of reminded me of uh john mcclain picking gr- glass out of his feet yeah just a, yeah. like a really intense bloody kind of scene yeah um but you know, yeah when he starts talking or having those flashbacks i wanted more of that that mm-hmm. shit was like super interesting. You know, he taught in the, in the film, Santa's talking about how he's been around for, you know, a long, long time. And there's some flashbacks to him being, um, maybe a Viking or something like that. And, uh, yeah. I, it, it, it's one of those things, like, it's a testament to the storytelling because it's one of those things that's only there for a little bit of time and it makes me want to mm-hmm. know more. You know, like I, I want to explore yeah. that more. I want, you know, he, he lists for somebody, he lists his different names and it's all basically Santa Claus or St. Nick. And then in what different cultures call that uh, person or entity or whatever character, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. now that now there's world building, there's world building there that makes you want to know more, you know, like. It's not just him saying I've been around for fucking you know a millennia, right? It's like right. there's some there's some juice there. You yeah, know? there's some juice there. There's layers there, you know. And he's he's like setting the table as far as that goes. I really really dug that. I didn't really. I got to be honest. The whole crux of the 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 storyline with the. I mean, I like the kid. The little kid is great. Mm. Trudy Trudy Lightstone. I thought she was Trudy. pretty good. But like the whole shit with the parents, I just I I couldn't stand that. It, I thought it dragged. I thought it dragged the movie down a little bit. But like, what are you gonna do? You know, it's it makes sense by the end. Um, yeah. For like the message they're trying to get across. Yeah, I mean, I think what makes it work for me is the 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 cheesiness of everything kind of made me like not bother too much not not brush up against that too much i guess um just because there's like an element to that that factors into the the ending and the resolution for the characters um again not going to spoil anything but mm-hmm. I, I don't know it, it was it's sort of like a, a necessary means to an end to get a certain type of ending if that makes any sense yeah yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah uh no i i gotta tell you you know when we watched Weird a few weeks back, mm-hmm. um, I had a great time with that. And I remember thinking at the time, like, man, I haven't laughed this hard at a comedy in so long. Mm-hmm. You know, just God damn it. Like, why, why isn't anybody making just straight up comedy? This, honestly, it felt like the director just understood the assignment to me. It, sure. it was just make a Santa movie. You get David Harbour to play whatever he thinks Santa is. <laughs> yeah. You make it fucking violent. But make it funny, and here you go. And honestly, it felt like to me just as much fun as when I was watching Weird. Like I just mm-hmm. loved, 
I, I did. I, I really loved this movie. It was very surprising for me. Um, and I just kept thinking to myself, man, I don't, I don't see anybody in the binge world not just adopting this as their new Santa Claus. I mean, he pretty much does what we all do at Lollapalooza throughout the whole fucking movie. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's fucking he's hammered from Jump Street. Mm. Like, was I don't know, and I guess you got to buy the performance for this, but, man, I don't know that I've laughed harder this year than he gets to one of the, he gets, he gets to the, the, the lighthouse, uh, the Lightstone's house, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks at the cookies, he takes a bite, and he just, you know, look washes over his face, like, oh, this is a good one. He's just like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he, <laughs> and he just grabs them all. <laughs> He, he turns to the liquor cabinet and he goes, "Oh, good stuff." <laughs> he goes for the brandy. And just... He goes, "Oh, this is my pre-war shit." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you not love that? I mean, you gotta right. love that. <laughs> I don't want to spoil any of the kills, but goddamn, are they phenomenal? And oh. they start out good and get better as the movie yeah. progresses. They just get bigger. They get bloodier. Yep. They get better. It's just fucking fantastic. I love the, creative um, kills. I love the creative kills. And you know what else I love about a particular scene in this movie? I'm not saying these are the best fight scenes of all time, but these actors have actually choreographed some moves. So sure. the director gets to take a couple steps back and like shoot the action as it's happening and not have a million fucking cuts in every scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely appreciated that. It, it was It was nice to see that shit. I was just thinking about, so you mentioned how this film has some Home Alone, uh, what were the other, Home Alone, um, Home Alone, Die Hard, Die Hard, Succession. And Succession vibes. The Home Alone aspect, without saying too much, could be my favorite fucking part of the movie. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Just because. It's executed the, so well. It's executed so well. The characters see the Home Alone things coming a mile away. And the payoff is just fucking, ah, it's chef's kiss emoji. That's what I'll call it. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Oh my God, it's so good, man. It's so good. Yeah. Um, loved that. Loved. Um, so I was trying to think when watching this movie that I've, yeah. I've seen Santa Claus, like alternative Santa Claus stories <laughs> where Santa is viewed as like a demon by people like to be feared and shit. Mm-hmm. In this one thing that I liked is that they didn't tell you exactly how strong Santa is or like what his powers are, but throughout the movie you could kind of infer and then size up the different fights he was going to be walking into. So yeah. you kind of like got it through the performance, which I appreciated. Although when he just drunkenly just yells, it's magic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it works either. Because again, like <laughs> in a binge world, that's what the fuck a drunk binger would say. It's magic. Yeah. If you're a magical and shit, and you were doing magic shit. Someone's like, "I'd do that." You'd be like, "It's magic." You must learn. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, very good. It very did good. make me wonder about Mrs. Claus, though, and that makes me think sequel. Yeah. So. Hmm. Uh, again, uh, walking around the ending, but sure. um, the first thing I thought of go- going out of the theater, and I think that just the fucking marvelness of everything, 
my first thought was like, oh man, they probably will want to make a sequel to this. Mm. And the more I thought about it, I was just like, you know what, dude? No, don't. Like, just this works great on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't fucking water it down. I I hope they don't make a sequel out of this because this is just. I think it's great. It's it's standalone. I, I honestly, this will be a regular watch for me going forward at Christmas time. Like I had that much fun with this movie, so I just don't want them to spoil it. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I, absolutely. I mean, I would love it for for it to be one and done. That's it. Right. Me wanting more from it is just going to make me want to rewatch it all the time. Yeah. And yeah. if I I say they do a Violent Night two. And uh, center center it around uh, uh, panda bears in Asia, and then okay. they would have an answer for Nate Peterson with what franchise sequel doesn't have anything to do with the first movie or any of the characters. <laughs> hey, That's my hey, 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 take it easy, man. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, I mean. You know, negatives here. I mean, it's not it's not a, a world ending, incredible uh, script. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's an action movie. It's a comedy. It, it, it's. I, I think it's all going to depend on whether or not you buy David Harbour as Santa Claus, um, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, he's an unconventional choice in my opinion, but it works. It works for me. Mm-hmm. If you don't like his performance, or you're annoyed by what you're seeing out of the trailers, then that's probably going to be the end of the road for you. Because if you don't like him, there, I don't think there's any way you can like this movie, really. Well, I definitely think we're the odd man out as far as, you know, not being Stranger Things fans. And I think yeah. the majority of people lo- love Stranger Things. So they're going to yeah. love David Harbour as, as Santa. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's just some yeah. simple math there. Uh, yeah. Which is good. That's awesome. Like, I want this to blow up. I'd love for this to be a fucking huge movie. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Uh, it was a good one to see. It, it's uh, it worked great in the theater. Um, you know, went to an early showing, so there was no bullshit around me. Um, yeah, it's just a fun, fun movie, man. I just remember this part. There's something really like, like, super charming about the moment where the little kid is talking on the walkie-talkie, and Santa realizes he can talk back on it. Like he just has. He has a radio. She has a like CB radio. He has a radio. Um, there are different parts of the house, and she's like Santa, Santa, because she's just like she's pleading to somebody, right? So she just thinks mm. Santa, right? <laughs> he's like a little freaked out. He's like, "Hello," he's like Santa, and he's like, "Yeah, oh uh, yeah." yeah. It, it's <laughs> fucking nuts for you, like as a little kid, to just be yelled out for Santa, and fucking Santa answers you. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. just brought brought me right into her world. It's fucking great, man. It just, and his reaction is just fucking great. Like, what the fuck? Someone's calling me? So great. Give me a rating. All right. Rating. Rating. Hmm. I'm going to go eight. I'm going to go eight. I mean, yeah. I, I, I had a great time. I was laughing for the duration. Uh... All I could think was, man, I wish I wish my, I took my dad to this. Like, this is going to be his favorite fucking movie of all time. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, this is just like everything. Every, everything he wants in a movie. So, yeah. Um, 
I, 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 yeah, eight on ten. Big sweep, eights all around. I'm violent night. I fucking love this movie. I, it, w- it was a little hard for me to get into at first until like I let myself, uh, let it wash over me. I like the cast a lot. I like the bad guys a lot. They're all mm. very different. All have their own personalities, their own quips and everything. I really dug that. Mm-hmm. I love the interaction between the, the mercenaries and the, uh, the family. Uh, the family's fucking great. The fact that, <laughs> so the, the matriarch, her name is Gertrude. So, um, the little girl, her name is Gertrude. They call her Trudy. <laughs> but Judy Jumpstone's <laughs> son, because they, they, all they want to do is just kiss up to mommy. So I, I love this fucking succession parallel, dude. Um, yeah, really they're just fair. trying to kiss mommy's ass. Uh, but it's a boy that Judy Jumpstone has. <laughs> and his name is Bert. They call him Bert, but his whole name is Bertrude. And like Loki, one of my favorite fucking uh, tiny little moments of the fucking film. His name is Bertrude. I, and every time he showed up, I just thought about that and fucking laughed to myself like a fucking crazy person. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, I, dude, I, 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 first of all, I can't wait until there's a commentary for this because this is a perfect yes. commentary movie. Absolutely. But, but second, I really feel like this is in a very special category of movie where if the circumstances call for it and nobody's in a Neil Breen mood, this is a perfect binge watch for any binge hangout. Yeah. Like, yeah. doesn't have to be Christmas time. I just feel like this movie has given us everything we fucking want out of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think this one... I think this is a. I think this is a really good one. This is a really good one. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, any trailers you want to talk about that you caught beforehand? Uh, so trailers before the movie. I think I saw. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know maybe. if I got any anything new that I haven't seen before. It's like Megan. Nothing really. I think I got the Ant Man trailer and oh, I didn't get that. something else. Uh, yeah. So. Nothing, nothing noteworthy. Yeah, I got uh, Megan. Uh, oh, I, I did get that. Yeah, Avatar. Got that. Yeah, got that. Oh, there was a Red Band trailer. I can't think of which one it is. Oh, Cocaine Bear. Oh yeah, we did get that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cocaine Bear. <laughs> Good old fucking Ray Liotta's final movie. Good for him, man. Like, what a way to go out, Cocaine Bear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe he got inspired. I don't know. I just wanted to hear Manish Boy played over the fucking trailer. Let's see those radio to show up. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say that. So that trailer dropped, I don't know, three, four days ago. Um, I mean, it looks very snakes on a planey and whatever, but, uh, look, that, that cover of White Lines, that's a good fucking trailer. So <laughs> if you haven't seen it, that's it. a, that's a good trailer. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a lot of oh, fun. Yeah. So. Hell yeah. All right. That's it for the binge cast this week. We review the peripheral, which one of us is going to continue, one of us isn't. And Violent Night, we think, is for every binger under the binge sun to watch, whether it's sure. Christmas or not. I feel like that's our takeaway right. for that. Yeah. 
All right. On the other side, we're going to be reviewing Tulsa King, Rick and Morty, what, season five? Did you finish that season? Uh, five? Yeah. Yes. And Andor, finish that. I'm going to get your thoughts on uh, the whole season of that. And we're going to review mm. Glass Onion, the Guardian's hol- mm. holiday special, the senior documentary, Robert Downey uh, Jr.'s documentary about his pops. And I think you have something else, don't you? Yeah, I've got, um, I've got, uh, uh, God damn it. What, uh, moon age daydream we'll be talking about. Ooh, nice. Fantastic. And, uh, I got a, got a, yeah, I got a couple other, uh, older ones I'll, I'll hit on quick, but yeah, yeah. A few more, a few more over there. And also my wrap up of, uh, the vow, which ended. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> very nice. And you can listen to all that. By subscribing to the full binge on Patreon, patreon.com slash binge media, five bucks a month gets you all of our spillover reviews from this week and previous weeks, as well as our exclusive content and commentaries we've done in the past and the 12 comps of binge miss. Remember, the first three are going to be on the regular feed and the rest will be exclusively on Patreon. Jack, I'll see you on the other side, all right? See you. See you. Thank you for listening to the BingeCast on BingeMedia.net. To listen to the full binge, subscribe to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash BingeMedia. BingeMedia patrons will get access to the full binge, the BingeCast four-hour show on a private RSS feed, and they'll get it a full 24 hours before it hits the public RSS feed. BingeMedia patrons also get other perks, so check us out at Patreon.com slash BingeMedia. Subscribe to the BingeMedia Podcast Network at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, the full binge.